All right, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. As always, welcome back to Tired of Biting My Tongue. <laughs> I've got to work on my intros because I'm very cheesy with them, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> um, So this week, I'm going to give this another shot. I know last episode I said I wasn't going to do a part two to sexuality and religion, mainly because it was very triggering for me. But I realized after both some self-analysis as well as talking to my best friend, basically, that I need to not filter myself when it comes to both this episode and this podcast as a whole, right? I feel like I've been very soft, very gentle. And sometimes, you know, you have to be right with topics like passions and with topics like dropping out of college, you got to be a little bit gentle, right? But topics as heavy and as deep as like sexuality and religion, you can't really be gentle with that because if you look back on your own life, if you dealt with that sort of thing, or if looking back at my own life, people were not gentle with me telling me I was going to hell, telling me I was an abomination, telling me that I deserve to die, telling other people like me that they deserve to die, that they're sinful. They, they were not merciful at all with that. So after that talk with my friend, I was like, why am I being merciful to people who are not being merciful to me? You know, and why am I being gentle to people who could watch me die and carry on their lives perfectly fine the next day, the next minute, honestly. <laughs> so this episode is going to be part two of sexuality religion. And this time I'm going to be completely and utterly raw and unfiltered. Heads up and a fair warning disclaimer as always, my goal is not to piss people off, but if I piss you off, I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's it's just the bottom line. If you feel some type of way about something I said, I'm probably talking to you. If you get angry by anything I say, I'm probably talking to you. But understand, this episode here is my true self. Not the filtered me, not the censored me this is just how i feel pure raw straight from the box let's get it all right so i want to start off by pretty much just giving you all a bit of a glimpse as to what the LGBTQ community has to deal with, specifically honing in on the Black LGBTQ community, because you think it's rampant as a whole community. It is far more rampant in this small little subsect that we call the Black LGBTQ community, right? I went about social media, scouring the internet, looking for patterns, right? Because that's what I love to do. I love to find patterns of thought. And basically, my goal was to find at least one or two groups of people who consistently 
over and over again tend to target the LGBTQ community, right? So I looked for hours and hours and hours, and it, trust me, it gave me a headache sometimes because of the crap that spewed out of their mouths. But two distinct groups of people have a big, big problem with the LGBTQ community, right? And I want to give you all those two groups. And again, if you're a part of this group and it doesn't apply to you, let it fly. All right, just just let it go. Because I'm not talking to you at that point. But black Christians is the biggest one. And then there's another group. If you've been black for more than 15 years, you've probably either heard of them or come across them unknowingly. Hoteps. Right. These two groups of people, I have noticed, have a common theme when it comes to attacking the LGBTQ community. They're always asking us this seemingly paradoxical question of what is our goal? What is our agenda? What what are you here for? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I want to play y'all a clip real quick of one of the things that I found while I was searching and just to give y'all a taste of what we have to go through on a daily basis. This clip is from a TikTok that I saw. I can't find the original post, so I'm gonna just post a stitch, but I'm gonna cut it off at a certain point so that way you get a gist of it. So just listen to this and tell me what you think down below in the question. That is the agenda of the black LGBT community. We want to know. Educate us, black LGBTs. I'm calling you out to educate the heterosexual community. What exactly do y'all stand for? What are your goals and objectives? Do you only care about black people who are gay? Because we don't never see y'all. I'm just speaking from me and you can correct me tomorrow night. I don't see black gays. When we're fighting police brutality, unless they fight it as black gays. I don't see black gays standing with us when we're dealing with gentrification, unless y'all do it as black gays. In other words, whenever y'all do something, y'all have to do it under your rainbow flag. And for me, it is a contradiction. It is for me, it is a contradiction. For me, it is a contradiction. If you're gay and black, but the only way you can do anything for black people is by waving your flag. Because if you notice, LGBTQ, y'all tend to pull yourselves out and separate yourself from the rest of us. Y'all do. You're a privileged group within black America, but you try to act like you're not privileged. I believe there is a gay black privilege. If I'm wrong, tell me. You know, the more I kind of like listen to these types of things, the funnier it gets. Like at first it used to anger me and in some cases it still does. But as I think about it, it's very funny because the things they say are so full of contradictions. They're so full of misconceptions and it's just, it's full of shit. Basically it's, it's, it's just lack of better words. It's full of shit. 
because understand, and this is in direct response to the audio that I posted, right? There is no look to gayness. There is no look to blackness. There is no look to black gayness. You cannot put a definitive image and say, oh yeah, that person is black, that person is gay. You you can't put a look to that, right? Blackness and gayness are simply characteristics. That's just all they are. So they don't look the same. Two black gay people can be sitting side by side and not look the same, act the same, think the same, agree on the same things, whatever. So that part of that whole argument is kind of null and void. And understand, that's not the only time that we hear this kind of stuff, right? Because basically the person in the audio is asking the black LGBT community to tell them what we stand for, right? What we stand for, what we fight for, because he quote unquote never sees us when we're fighting for police brutality, fighting for gentrification, fighting against gentrification, excuse me, fighting fighting the things that the black community fights on a daily basis. <laughs> and it's like, you, of course you don't see us because you choose not to acknowledge us. You choose not to acknowledge us or you choose to only acknowledge us when it conveniences you, right? Because you think, and I can tell based upon how things were said, and it's not just you, it's countless, countless copious amounts of people. And again, Christian, black Christian spaces, hotel spaces, whatever. It is a constant thing that to try to erase the black gay community. It, you try to erase us, right? So you choose not to acknowledge us, you choose not to pay attention to us and wonder why we're not there. There's a word for that. I need to find out what that is. There is a term or philosophy. It's not, I'm, my brain goes to the scorched earth mentality, but that's not what, that's not what it is. It's something else, but it's where, it's where you try to, try to not acknowledge something and then wonder where it is. Right. Like I know there's a word for it, but I got to find it. <laughs> but basically the word I can come up with is willful ignorance. It's, it's willful ignorance. You choose not to acknowledge us because it's easier to dismiss us, to push your narrative. And more importantly, you want to convince yourself that you're right. Because understand, and this is again, this is another pattern that I've noticed. Each and every time I see these videos or I hear these audios or whatever, there is a constant theme, right? In their tone of voice, because I pay attention to little things like that. The arguments, the claims, the stats, whatever. I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned with the interpersonal parts, the attitude, the demeanor, the language used. That's what I look at because that tells me what you really think. So if you go back and listen to that, there was a it was a low voice, a low tone of voice, usually yelling and screaming and being obnoxiously loud, right? Is one of the ways you can tell that someone's about to say some crap out of their mouth. But 
this is a very low tone of voice. Okay, so that checks out, I guess. But then let's look at the demeanor. It came off as cocky, arrogant. It's basically saying, you can't prove me wrong. And of course we can't prove you wrong because you've convinced yourself you're right. Of course we can't pull up Bible quotes that defend us because you've erased them. You've wiped them out. Of course we can't find statistics that speak against the rhetoric you push because it's filtered to benefit you. But then again, not really, not really, especially not nowadays, because if I'm being real, looking at the statistics now in black LGBT spaces, black activism, a lot of the times, a lot of the times they don't really speak for y'all. And I'm just leaving it at that. <laughs> but nonetheless, there is no convincing people who think like that. There is none because understand they've already solidified in their brains, or at least they're trying damn hard to that they are right because they refuse to let go of a worldview or even question a worldview. You ain't even got to let it go. Just challenge the things that you get, challenge the information that you get. Because without challenging the information you get, you subject yourself to stupidity. It's just, it's just that simple. You subject yourself to a basic primal level of thinking, which is I'm better than you, or I'm more of this than you because of X, Y, Z reason. Right. So in this case, it's pushing the rhetoric that somehow, some way, gayness is a threat to the black community. No, it's not. I promise you it's not. It is a very, very small percentage of people in the black community who are part of the LGBTQ community. That's just the people who, of course, are out of the closet. Right. Who identify as it, who embrace it, things like that. I believe last time I checked, it was around like one or three percent. It wasn't in double digits. That's all I know, right? And I'll go back and double check that. Okay, so I actually went back to go check. Because, you know, I like to try to be correct about this kind of stuff. They're currently, as of January 2021, 1.2 million Black LGBT people within the United States. As of January of last year, 1.2 million. I'm sure the numbers, of course, increase because more people become adults and blah, blah, but that's just the adults, right? 1.2. So it's, I would estimate anywhere it's about like 1.3 or 4 by now, right? Maybe even less. But regardless, that is less than 1% of, first of all, the adult population in general, but specifically the black adult population. That is less than 1%. <laughs> Yet for some odd reason, these groups feel threatened. Like, 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 like they're under attack. And so I, I kid you not, this reminds me, I kid you not. I'm going to find this audio too. 
if I can find it, I'll share it with you guys. But if not, basically, there was a post on TikTok I saw about a few weeks ago that said something along the lines of the heterosexual community is under attack. And I'm like, huh? What? Like, you you literally make up 99.9% of the population. How in the world are you under attack? And then they go, heterophobia is a real thing. Sweetie, what? <laughs> I have never been, I'm, I swear every human is a bit of a masochist because I have never in my life seen so many people willingly want to be a part of an oppressed group as if one is if you're already not right because our skin color hello but two it's like now we're just playing oppression olympics now we're just seeing who can get hurt the worst who goes through the worst trouble and going back to the first audio clip that i stitched in this podcast they mentioned that they don't see us on the front lines they also mentioned that we only fight for basically ourselves right you only see us when we fight for ourselves and that that to me is just that that to me is just wild because how on god's earth did you so eloquently contradict yourself and spew out some bullshit how (laughs) bravo bravo the fuck oh bro like that that's crazy (laughs) but now y'all kind of see right the things that are said about the black lgbtq community and the lgbtq community at large you now see it right we're on this constant train to prove ourselves and to prove our worth as human beings and it's just it just baffles me it really really baffles me how we can treat other human beings like this like i'm shocked every day (laughs) but moving on to the next part right this part i'm going to actually tell y'all something that i noticed that's very very big right and that i think is the root of not just the black community's problems but humanity's problem as a whole right because notice something a lot of the arguments a lot of the rhetoric a lot of the bullshit that is spewed towards the lgbtq plus community is quite literally only about sex that's all it is it's never about you know anything that pertains to anything important (laughs) it's just about sex and i hear all the time People say, oh, I don't want my child to be seeing that stuff. Well, sweetie, you let your child watch borderline softcore porn on a movie. Like, (laughs) you're pushing your sexuality on our kids. That's a straight person's problem, sweetie. Because understand, we don't do any of that. All we do is simply live and be happy and just show y'all that we're not going any fucking where. (laughs) We've been here for millennia and we're going to be here for millennia more. So might as well either get used to it, put up or shut up. But actually, let me dive into that because that's very interesting how people make the argument that 
you know, the LGBTQ community is so vocal about it. It's so, oh, you guys are so loud about it. Why do you have to, why do y'all wear it as a personality trait? First of all, and this goes for anybody, anybody who wears a sexuality as a personality trait literally has no personality. So that's number one. Two, 99% of the LGBTQ community does not do that. No, that is a, again, straight person's dilemma. Because understand this, you all wear your sexuality like a badge of honor. It is simply just a sexuality. It's who you like. It's who you prefer to date. That's just all it is. Who you prefer to sleep with, who you prefer to mingle with. That's all it is. So why does the same treatment not get pushed to black LGBT spaces, LGBTQ spaces as a whole? Why do we not get the same respect? And I can guarantee you every time I've asked that question before and every time I ask that question from the rest of my life, I will never get a straightforward answer. Because there is no justifiable reason why the black LGBTQ community and the LGBTQ community at large is treated the way they are treated, is treated the way we are treated. And I'm kind of differentiating it on purpose, right? I'm saying one, I'm saying the small subsect of black LGBT people and the LGBT community at large, I'm saying it's separate on purpose because it's not just black Christians. It's not just hoteps. It's not just conservative groups that want to exclude the black community, the black LGBT community. It's the LGBTQ community as well. <laughs> Literally people who we thought were our own segregate against us and discriminate against us. You know, the whole, I don't date black people. I don't date dark skinned guys. I don't date this and I don't date that. Literally the same rhetoric that is pushed against us, we push against ourselves. And it just bleeds on down. And it's crazy to me. It's absolutely wild. So that's why, if you're ever wondering why I'm differentiating the two on purpose, that's why. Because the discrimination bleeds into the community and continues to go downward. And every time, every time I trace the pattern back, it is always about something that has to do with a religion or a spiritual group. And I always ask myself, why does it go back to that? Because understand, number one, straight people have just as much sex, if not more, than gay people do. Well, that's all I see on TV. Why is that? Why is that all you see? Is that the black LGBTQ community's fault? Or is it your fault for not broadening your horizons and going to meet black LGBT people and LGBTQ people at large and keeping your mind basically in its primal state because the media is going, the media is a, well, number one is a big, big problem in terms of how they demonstrate people. It's either extremely exaggerated or extremely watered down, right? So in regards to this topic, every single time, and it, and it almost every time, and it pisses me off, I look at the media and how it represents black gay people. 
it's it's just overly sexual, messy, and it's like overly sexual, messy, drama filled, drama seeking, egotistic, and it's like, come on, we're more than that. We are more than just our body parts. Human beings are more than just their body parts. But this obsession with it is borderline sus. <laughs> it is borderline sus for all the straight people who have a problem with LGBTQ people. It's borderline suspicious, buddy. How focused you are on my genitals, on what I sleep with, on what I do. It's borderline obsessive, sweetie. There's therapy for that. <laughs> they make therapy for that, sweetheart. But nonetheless, right? I'm going to give you guys one more little tidbit. And this is the thing that I mentioned earlier that I feel will solve humanity's problems, right? This piece of information that I noticed is it blew my mind when I first found it, and I feel like it's going to relate to a lot of people. So, bear with me. Ethnobotanist and mystic Terence McKenna, who passed away in early 2000 made a very interesting quote that stuck with me ever since I read it. The tension of the world is between the ego and the feminine, not the masculine and the feminine. I'm going to say that again. The tension of the world is between the ego and the feminine, not the masculine and the feminine. That, when I first read it, it hit me hard because that opened my eyes to a lot of things wrong with us right now as the human, as a human race, because a lot of the problems that we face, a lot of the issues that we go through are always, or more often than not, tend to trace back to one thing. And that is a power dynamic, right? So how does that relate to sexuality and religion, right? Religion, at least as far as I've experienced, right? Of course, it's not all religions. So get out your feelings. Don't take this personal if it don't apply to you. But if the shoe fits, lace it up and wear it. Religion, more often than not, is about a power dynamic, right? You have the deity and you have the people who worship the deity, right? And that power dynamic is not a bad thing at all. But what happens when that power dynamic becomes a little bit too obsessive? What happens when we as humans begin to try and think we can take the role of God? What happens then? Well, you kind of see where we're at right now. <laughs> that that That's what happens when we become too egotistic 
and allow our human animalistic traits to conquer us. And a lot of people try to make the argument against LGBT people saying that we're giving into our primal instincts. Not really, because it's literally just them doing the exact same thing you're doing, having sex, making a family, raising kids, buying a house. I'm doing all the exact same things you do. You all do. Just with a different gender. That's it. The only difference is the gender of the person. And if you allow something as minuscule as the gender of a person, minuscule meaning small, but not any less important. If you allow something like that to bother you to the point where you would chastise, question, belittle, degrade, exile, excommunicate, shun, and overall, and God forbid, even kill another human being, that's primal that's infantile that's weak that's what's weakness me liking another man or me liking whoever has nothing to do with my weakness but your reaction to that is definitive of your weakness so Ego and the feminine, right? How does that relate to any of what I'm talking about? The masculine and the feminine are never, ever at odds because they're designed to constantly flow, right? They're designed to flow within us as individuals, within us in our relationships, in our friendships, in our work, our jobs. They're designed to flow, right? So think of masculinity as something that is very stern, sturdy, rigid, and femininity as something that is loose and flows, something that gravitates and moves with ease, right? Neither of those things are bad. But notice how I said masculine and feminine. I'm not saying man and woman. I'm not saying any genders or anything of the sort. I'm saying masculine and feminine. Because one thing holds true, at least as far as I see, that masculinity is not exclusive to men and femininity is not exclusive to women. It is simply energy. That's all. And you can't put a look on energy. Just like I said before, you can't put a look on gayness or blackness. You can't put a look on energy. And our feeble brains try so hard to do so, right? We try to put labels on everything. We try to label anything as good or bad. Sometimes things just are. It just is. And humans hate what they cannot understand. We hate it. If we can't understand it or grasp it, we hate it. But now I ask you, why can't you understand it? Why is it so hard to understand the grasp that somebody may feel like a different gender than what they were assigned? Why is it so hard to understand that one gender may like the exact same gender? I'll tell you why it's so hard to understand, which traces back to my point in the first half of this episode that you refuse to question and challenge any information that you get. So it becomes solid in your brain. It's come stuck there. But anything that challenges it or penetrates your thoughts 
it bugs you and you can't grasp it. So instead of trying to understand it, you'd rather kill it. Instead of trying to understand it, you'd rather exile it, bash it, shame it, silence it. You would rather try anything to shut the thoughts up rather than invite them into your home and challenge them. Sit down with them. Get to know them. That is how we use our brains. We were given these brains for a reason to think to do things with them, to create things. And we've created very beautiful things, but we've also created very monstrous things, very devilish things. And no, LGBTQ people are not a part of the devilish things. Because understand, if you say they are, then you say that God created a devilish thing and you say that God made a mistake. And I know you don't want to say that. Do you? I didn't think so. Now, masculinity and femininity, like I said, never fight. Masculinity is not exclusive to men. Femininity is not exclusive to women. They are both energies and they can be expressed in a multitude of ways. And when we understand that, I think 90% of our problems can be solved. Probably even more. If we would just understand and let go of these bullshit concepts and fully grasp our embrace our humanity. Because then and only then will you find peace. Then and only then will you find clarity. Then and only then. Will you understand. Why we exist. Because we're human, damn it. And we don't get to control that stuff, just like you don't get to control yours. <laughs> but I'm just saying the same things that countless hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people have said before me. I ain't saying nothing new and neither are y'all. So we can keep running in this circle of fighting each other of not accepting each other but understand this james baldwin maya angelou countless 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 marsha p johnson countless black people have fought on the front lines against police brutality against gentrification against mass incarceration countless countless of our people have fought on the front lines and even people who are not our own who are a part of the lgbt community have fought with us but understand and i close with this when you see it the humanity within each person, when you look past the sexuality, when you look past the gender identity, when you look past the media's theatrics and attempts to try and paint us all with one brush and you finally see the humanity within us, I pray to God it's not too late because you can keep poking the bed with the stick if you want to. 
Yeah, they gonna be in that cage for long. And that's not a threat. That's just looking back at history and seeing the constant pattern of people trying a group of people, subjugating them, and then they rise up and get the justice that they deserve. Now, I don't want to call it a violence at all because to me, violence ain't going to solve nothing. But I will call you to have a conversation. I will call you to challenge your thoughts, challenge the things you were taught to believe. Excuse me. Challenge the things you were beaten to believe. Challenge the things that you were forced to believe and you didn't have a choice to believe. And now you're hanging on to that inner child who knows he's wrong or who knows she's wrong. Because that's the only piece of worldview that you've gotten since that time. So thank you guys for listening. (laughs) Oh, boy, that that was honestly very therapeutic like that. That felt good. I think I'm going to keep this kind of tone for the rest of the podcast, or at least in most moments, because even though it was therapeutic, it was also very triggering. Sometimes (laughs) it was moments where I felt like genuinely throwing a fit when I was recording this, but I'm very proud of myself that I didn't filter myself out and allow myself to feel threatened by people's thoughts and views anymore. I'm, I'm proud of myself. And I hope that everybody listening to this feels empowered to be confident in themselves again if they've lost it or feel confident anew if they have never had the confidence so that is part two of sexuality and religion finally (laughs) y'all be safe y'all be good and please for the love of god don't be an asshole bye